Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessier of Wrestling.com, and I'm joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You have any guesses why? John, tonight we say goodbye to the Thunderdome. We say goodbye to the Performance Center era, to the pandemic era. Uh, this week, th- this Raw is th- was the last show inside the Thunderdome. It's Friday, back on the road. John, you're going to be at Money in the Bank with the, the rest of the live crowd on Sunday. And then next week, next Monday, we'll be talking about the first Raw with live fans since the beginning of the pandemic, really. Uh, which feels like forever. So yes, it is a very exciting time, um, and maybe that maybe that uh, helps uh, make the tonight show a little, little easier to swallow. At least the parts so maybe we didn't necessarily care for. But yes, it is a very exciting time, and we do want to uh, maybe raise a, a proverbial toast to the Thunderdome. I mean, for me, just to say it all at the top of the show here. Uh, there was a time last year, we call it last March, I thought wrestling was shut down. I thought, you know, the pandemic, things was everything was you know sideways. Uh, as someone that covers wrestling for work, needless to say, I'm glad it didn't. You know, we, we still got a great year of wrestling uh, overall there. Plenty of things to enjoy. Not perfect, it was, but... It was so crazy last night to watch how they posted a flashback to the night that Triple H introduced the performance center when they'd ran that smackdown when he was on commentary with michael cole and to me it it, it really does feel like three or four years ago at this point but they have uh, they've came a long way since then and, and i hope that uh we never have to go back to that but uh it's nice to know that they you know they have a contingency plan in place now if they need it and obviously yes yeah, so let's hope that they don't need to ever use that contingency plan because Oh boy, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long, long year plus of the pandemic era, and we are obviously very glad that, as I always say every week, the wrestling world is returning to some semblance of normalcy. That's a very good thing. Pointing on the comments here, it's both Brock Lesnar and Michael Kirschbaum's birthday, so a very happy birthday to Michael. They a happy birthday for you. Uh, as we were saying, an exciting time with the Thunderdome. Uh, we're saying goodbye to that, but we're saying happy birthday to you, Michael. And also, as DJ pointing out, rest in peace, Paul Orndorff. And yes, also bidding adieu to the Thunderdome. But it, well, the wrestling world did lose a legend uh, earlier today. Paul Orndorff, uh, definitely a notable name in the wrestling history. Just to go, go to, yes. get, obviously, went down in the, in the history book. So, obviously, I uh, guess, definitely a big loss there as well. Uh, and again, uh, obviously, that is a very unfortunate, but. Obviously, as we were saying, a less unfortunate loss will be that of the Thunderdome. So, John, Monday Night Raw, let's get into it here. Uh, For me, I want to talk about this right off the bat, because there wasn't a main event match tonight. No, there was a main event development. We had the VIP lounge, and at first I thought, okay, I don't really know what we're doing here. The the, the last match of the night was Ray Ripley versus Natalia. We had a solid... Call it ten minutes, and I really know we knew that we we're going to get the VIP lounge, but I didn't know how that was going to really be this this big show closing angle uh, ahead of the pay per view on Sunday. John, you and I have talked about it before. Uh, I've made it pretty darn clear myself that I'm not a big fan of the the Lashley's ladies thing, the 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 Godfather Lashley thing they've been doing, the fun, you know, the party party boy lot, whatever you want to say. I, I haven't really cared for it myself. Uh, I was a much bigger fan of the. You know, badass Bobby Lashley we saw months ago, the guy that won the title in the first place. And I thought, you know, even sitting here today, I thought there are ways they could have kind of told that story better. You know, he the the money or or the late yeah, hey, even the ladies could have gone to his head. You know, something the 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 power, whatever you want to say. And they didn't really do that in a very 
nuanced way. It was more just like one week he had ladies, and and uh, that's what we got. And that knows Chris, <laughs> plain and simple, since she hates the ladies or the girls with Lashley. I mean, yeah, it's been um, it has not exactly been a highlight of of Raw. So, uh, needless to say, when we got the VIP lounge uh, tonight, MVP and the ladies came out with with the goal to. Uh, make Bobby Lashley feel better because earlier in the night, the first uh, match on the card, he lost to Xavier Woods, which was a very surprising outcome. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, first off, uh, I mean, we'll go a little out of order here because to the big story coming out of the show was the fact that Lashley said enough of the BS, enough of the ladies, enough of the partying and the champagne and all this. Uh, he even for a second tease, like splitting with MVP, but in, really he was just saying enough of this, uh, external stuff the distractions it's time to refocus on what really matters which is you know beating people up winning and and you know just being successful and obviously makes a lot of sense and uh, heading into the pay-per-view with a refocused Bobby Lashley here I've got to imagine that that does not bode well for Kobe Kingston we'll talk about the Xavier Woods match in a minute but John what do you think of this this uh development for Bobby Lashley and I guess you have to pair it with this question from DJ Cassier could we see this maybe even not immediately, but down the road lead to a Bobby Lashley face turn? Uh, I'll answer that question first. Cause I think it's a very clear. No, <laughs> uh, I do not see at all. Lashley becoming a baby face. If anything, I would think MVP might eventually turn on. I've already seen rumblings of MVP turning on Lashley and aligning himself with Keith Lee. Keith Lee's in every rumor now for some reason. It's like, oh, it's always Keith Lee's going to do this or that. But what I really wanted to say was um, I thought this was very, very well executed. Uh, over the past few weeks, I did not like how they were treating Bobby Lashley. Uh, he had been holding very steady at number two in my WrestleZone Universal rankings for probably the better half of five or six weeks. He was obviously behind Roman at number two uh, for almost the entirety of uh, since the rankings have started uh, for the first time this week, he slipped. He was no longer number two. He was number three. We'll get into further detail about who was number two later on in the show. when we talk about further segments, but yeah, well, actually was number three. I thought that he was slipping a little bit uh, MVP. And literally I, I, I literally said word for word in the rankings that released before raw today that MVP is not helping the cause right now with Bobby Lashley. He's causing him matches. He's getting into his head. And it was kind of foreshadowing of what we saw on Raw. Maybe Lashley read my rankings and he was like, you know what? He's right. But uh, when it's all said and done, uh, a very rare occurrence too where they let a, a curse word slip live on Raw. I mean, obviously when they do that, it's intentional because they want to get a point across. And I thought it was very well done. Um and I did mention after the show on, on my Twitter that I, I want to see Bobby Lashley squash Kofi Kingston this Sunday. I, I, I honestly do want to see a, a Brock Lesnar type beatdown where Lashley just comes out and dominates in like two, three minutes, and that's it. Uh, and then that leads to something more significant afterwards. I think you have to capitalize on the fact that Bobby Lashley tonight made a, made a, a statement that he isn't going to joke around anymore. He's going back to the Syria. I mean, he's over the past couple years, you know, he did this thing with Lana where he had a girl by his side. Then he had the her business. I saw some people wondering maybe after he turned on, turned on MVP, that maybe Cedric and Shelton would come out by his side and like be his tough guys. Now 
kind of like Jinder had back when he was champion. But um, I think that I think MVP will be in check now moving forward with with Lashley at least for a while. Uh, this was like I said, much needed. A, a great way to kind of end the Thunderdome era. I thought maybe when he was destroying all of this equipment on in the in the uh, in the ring, maybe he would go out and start destroying some of the Thunderdome aspects to kind of like get you know to keep in character and the story and stuff like that. But yeah, very well executed. I thought it was well done. I'm excited to see where it goes. Very clearly, Bobby. Uh, I think what they did tonight shows us that they have something planned for him for the rest of the summer and they have a direction for him now and i'm curious to see what that is i'm curious as well i don't know what that direction i feel like he has a direction i don't know who that opponent is if that makes sense i still think it's that 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 who shall not be named but i still think that's where they're going even though it's kind of been said that that's not where they're going i just don't see where else they would be going but uh, nevertheless, it's nice to nice to see that they have plans for the return of a live crowd because look, it's very clear that they are kind of taking this in a completely different direction now that fans are back. They're taking it a different approach and more serious. I'd like to think it's what it seems like. And uh, you know, I've, as I said a minute ago, I think that's a very good thing. Uh, looking at some of the comments here. I mean, we're talking about how Lashley's saying enough of the BS, enough of this, uh, the, this the, the, the distractions and everything. Uh, Demetrius Duvrez saying uh, he feels like Lashley will beat Kofi and Biggie will cash in on Lashley. I don't see that. You know, I more see that. Um, I, I, I think if I'm reading that properly, he means like immediately. We're going to see Lashley beat Kofi and then right away. It's like at Money in the Bank. They yeah, I think that's in. what he's implying as well. I don't I, think that's going to happen. And mainly because I think that the Money in the Bank ladder match is going to be the main event of the show, the last match. So, I think that's probable. But I would also be perfectly okay if Roman and Edge went on last, even though I... Sure, okay, yeah, I know. forgot about that. I think we can agree, though, that it will not be Bobby and Kofi, no, especially no. if it is going to be a squash match. I could see this being like... I, I still think the women's money bank match will open the show, so it's almost like Bobby and Kofi will just be like in the mid-card somewhere. I mean, we've seen this before with Bobby's title reign where the... The, the, the WWE Championship match has been a mid-card match on a pay-per-view. And there's nothing wrong with that because the pay-per-view, this pay-per-view was kind of, I mean, they got six matches. I'd say it's it's pretty stacked for a Money in the Bank card and for fans to be back. So, uh, and I, but I think coming out of this, it's important to, to just keep in mind that I think, th- I, we don't know, but I think they certainly know who he's going to be facing at SummerSlam now. And I think they have a story for what's going to happen. But while we're on the subject, we might as well talk about uh, the fact that he did have a match with Xavier Woods, and he lost that match, and that's kind of what sparked this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one was definitely surprising, and in, in a vacuum, like when I was watching it, uh, this was the first match that went on the show, seeing last year lose like this, it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought both guys looked great. I've been very happy to see Xavier Woods getting this relative solo run he's still like a tag team guy he's still very clearly like Kofi Kingston's buddy but at least it's more than like just having him tag team matches or just having him in in tag team feuds like he does have this kind of this beef with Bobby Lashley uh and he's turned to some great performances against Riddle Randy Orton in in recent weeks so uh, having him in there with the WWE champion and uh in in a competitive match let alone uh, beating him 
obviously only only helps him. It was the roll up as you might expect. Uh, a clean one, by the way. Kofi Kingston didn't distract Lashley, nothing like that. Uh, so you know this definitely served to pretty much lead to what we saw at the end of the night, where Lashley said, "Hey, Kofi was right," and Kofi Kingston had said a couple weeks ago, Lashley looks more beatable than ever. And ironically, even before we heard Lashley say that. You know, I agreed. Uh, I think I tweeted about it. Like, yes, Lashley has looked more beatable than ever. And if not for what we saw at the end of the night, I'd have a bigger problem with this. Where I'd be like, okay, Lashley took this this loss here. Uh, he he got pinned by Drew McIntyre a couple of weeks ago. I think that was before Hell in a Cell, um, and maybe even another loss at, at some point pretty recently. But yeah, needless to say, we've come a long way from just a couple months ago when he never took pins. He was very very protected in that sense. Uh, so. Seeing him lose to Woods here was surprising, but you know, in this case, it, it it was the fact that the destination that mattered more. Where he's like, "All right, I lost, and I'm going to respond to that by, you know, stripping away all this other stuff." Like, I I like that. You know, for me, when there are clear uh, re- reactions, illogical, yeah. like you know, you know, connections from what, what point A to point B, it's a very it's a very small thing. The bar is very low. But seeing that, I was very pleased. One that. would think, one would think next Monday in Dallas, he'll probably get some pretty good heat. Even on Sunday. I mean, I keep forgetting yeah. on Sunday. I mean, Sunday and Monday, he's probably going to get some pretty serious heat from the crowd, which I think that's what they wanted to do. I want to address a comment from Craig real quick because I keep overlooking this. Uh, he says possibly the Fiend versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. And I just have completely forgotten about the Fiend the past couple months. But I mean, that would be a, a possible, you know, name to think about because, like we've discussed plenty of times before, Raw doesn't really have a whole lot of people. Uh, but nevertheless, this I thought this was a good part of the show, from the match to the segment at the end to the in-betweens, you know, backstage interviews. They they played the most prominent role in the show tonight, and I think you know it was very well that they did that. But I mean, other than that, what 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 was your other? favorite part of the show tonight aside from bobby i guess the segue you know uh we're talking about money in the bank and we can talk about the, the ladder match itself but i think for me probably the my favorite part of the show had to be the false come anywhere match i mean i'm a big ricochet fan i i've enjoyed seeing him have this let's say a, a mini feud with john morrison i i wish it had it's had more depth than being annoyed by the drip stick. I think, it, it, you know, they, these guys deserve better than that. They're, they are, they've qualified for money in the bank. They're going to be in money in the bank. Uh, and I said it last week, I, I like, I, I think either guy could conceivably win money in the bank, or at least when they qualified, I was like, there is a, there's a path to get them there, but they need to be booked seriously. They have not done that at all. So uh, call me crazy, but I do not see Rick Shire, John Morrison winning money in the bank, but they did put on a great false kind match. I enjoy it a lot. Ricochet, immensely talented, one of the very best high flyers in the business. I will argue that any day. I mean, the some of the stuff he does, absolutely crazy. Uh, he had a, a diving splash through a ladder. He hit a, a 450 off the barricade, uh, a shooting star press to the outside. What, what, all these things and more. Uh, Morrison looked great as well. We had, we had the Miz in there. Uh, I like the one spot where Ricochet rode on the wheelchair to attack Morrison. At oh, one point God. But uh, Riddle comes out at one point and tips the Miz's wheelchair over and then mocks him for not being able to get up, which was a little... If you if you read, if you read too deeply into it, it came across a little not so great. Um, <laughs> but if you're from a simplistic comedy spot, it's fine. 
but Ricochet won, and again, as someone that is, has for months been wanting to see Ricochet get some wins like this to, to be featured more, more prominently, I, th I think this is very good. I'm, I'm happy about it. Um, but again, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see either of these guys winning Money in the Bank. And even now, John, I, I said it, I feel like at least two weeks in a row, I thought Riddle might be maybe one of the favorites, but now... On the night when he said Toy Story 2 was his favorite movie, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, if, God. If so I, I got a lot to say about all these segments and Money in the Bank. And I'll start by saying that um, so, or Ricochet has come a long way in the past couple months to the point where, I mean, he's, he's, number, he's number 18 in the WrestleZone Universal rankings. Like, he's in the top 25 where he wasn't even wrestling on main event a couple weeks ago. John Morrison, even, he is on, he's 17. Like, that's John Morrison, Ricochet, two guys in the top 20 of all superstars in WWE that have a major storyline, relevant part of the show. Uh, but like you mentioned also, I don't think either have a realistic chance to win. So, you know, oh well. Uh, but Riddle, man, Riddle had me laughing pretty loud tonight. Many times, man. It's just me and you were crapping about how bad we didn't like this just months ago. Yeah. And now it's like I look forward to this. Like he, it's hilarious. He clearly is good in the role. He makes he fits the role. He. I don't know if he's coming up with this stuff himself. I feel like maybe he is, but if he isn't, props to whoever is because it's good. It's funny. It fits his character. Ricochet, Nikki Ash, whoever it may be, or look at him like, what are you talking about, buddy? And then it's just the way that he's saying, like, I don't know. Be, just Randy Orton's character does not fit the way that Ricochet, or the way that Riddle describes it. Like, he'll be there and he'll say, oh, man, you know, he's going to come over and we're going to have Mexican burritos. Like, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's fun. Like I said, I guess not in a good or bad way but i guess for me tonight having that promo where he was talking about spaghetti burritos and and toy story 2 and westerns um i guess it just drove it drove home the the idea that he probably won't win money in the bank uh because again i think all three all three of these guys ricochet morrison and uh and riddle here could have been positioned to win and i don't think they have been uh because they they just have have not been presented seriously in that sense so um i think for me like tonight i i like the toy story 2 lines and there's some lines that i that i liked uh but usually like on a good night i think that like i like a couple lines of like let's say a dozen which is fine like that, that's that's improvement i used to be at a zero so like i i'm coming around slowly on liking riddle so um I thought this was fun. Herman Dakar in the comments saying he he loved the Matt Riddle, Nikki Ash, or Nikki Cross segment. Uh, Riddle looked high. Um, yeah, obviously that's the that's the that's the joke. Um, you know, it's it's fun. You know, the last week he was on top of the ladder, and I, the, obviously the natural joke about him being high, like it's it's a, it's, it's fun stuff. Um, harmless, right? Uh, it's totally fine. Um, I do miss Randy Orton. I hope we if we don't know what's going on with him. Uh, he's been absent for a couple weeks now. Uh, so obviously RK bro has been a one man show, uh, for a little while now, for a couple weeks since Orton's been gone. Uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner around later. Um, but yeah, I mean, riddle, it's fun, you know, harmless. It's, uh, it's hit or miss, I guess for me. It's entertaining. Uh, it's, yes, it is entertaining. 
uh, regardless, it, it, it draws a response. Even when I'm not laughing along, I'm either laughing at or or I, I'm feeling something. And obviously, you know, apathy is the opposite of entertainment. So, yes, it, it is entertaining in that sense. Um, and then Nestor is saying that Riddle does do a good job with it. As you said, John, he plays the role well, and that's what counts. So on to some other things here. Uh, leading in the show, WWE had teased that we, we would get some sort of follow-up on the fact that Jinder Mahal stole Drew McIntyre's sword. Uh, Mahal, or uh, the, the Jinder Taker, as his new nickname, rolled up on a motorcycle for a second week in a row. Um sure and, and he brought out the he brought out the sword that he had stolen and basically he said i i stole your toy if you come out and apologize i will give the toy back to you uh more feuds based on objects as, as we've seen in recent months fine cool uh and basically he unveils the sword and it's broken magatar is upset that that mahal broke his toy but he reveals that, oh, you got the re a replica sword, I have the real one, and he proceeded to destroy the motorcycle. Um, John, what, what, do you what do you think about this? The these guys feuding over a sword, uh, we talked about it last week, they do have all that history, but at least these first two weeks, they're definitely focusing on maybe some more surface-level things. I'm fine with it. I think, uh, like I mentioned uh, when I put out the rankings as well, Drew McIntyre's now not in the top 10 anymore. He's number 11. But I was thankful that he is in what I consider to be a mid-card feud, finally. He's out of the title picture. He's out of the main event scene, which is usually a bad thing. But I think for him, it's a refresher. People always ask me, you know, what do you have against Drew McIntyre? I don't know why you hate Drew McIntyre. I don't hate Drew McIntyre. I am tired of, I, I just felt like he was, I don't want to say overutilized, but I, I, he was shoved in our faces a little too much, had a championship reign I thought was a little too long, and was in many repetitive matches that I just got tired of, plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, that 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 seems to be kind of a, the general feelings, Johnny McIntyre, and I think for months really at this point, uh, I would say at least since he lost the title, maybe... I would say at the latest WrestleMania backlash, which was back in April, we were, yes. we were maybe even no, I think that was May. That we were saying, hey, you know, maybe maybe we should uh, pivot away from from McIntyre being in the title scene, and then we got the Hell in a Cell match. Now he's still in Money in the Bank match with a uh, with the chance to get yet another title shot. So that does seem to be the idea here that uh, this is long overdue. You know, having him focus on something else. Uh, I think based on what we saw tonight. I feel like McIntyre uh, could get could have the pretty much be about to win Money in the Bank and have Mahal cost him. I think to add a little more heat to that feud there. I think I think he will have that moment where like because he's the way he's been pushed the past year. You just have to have that moment where like it's obvious that he's going to win, but something happens somewhere that he doesn't win. Unless he does win, in that case, I feel like he's not going to have a pleasant reaction from the crowd. But who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he'll get his moment there and that then he'll be money in the bank and people will be upset or people will be happy. You, you don't really know, especially the raw people. Like the first time you see the raw people will be at money in the bank. You will Correct. have like SmackDown will have their reaction before. But you you don't have the luxury of knowing how your winner is going to get a react a reaction until it's over and he already wins. Like who? They they don't know if Drew or whoever is going to get cheered or booed until the event. So, and obviously they're going to have to know, you know, what's going to happen before 
they find out the reaction. So that yeah. is definitely an, an interesting dynamic where, yeah, we're not going to have kind of a trial run where SmackDown will, like, you know, when we see Lashley on Sunday, when we see McIntyre, the other, the other raw superstars, uh, It'll be kind of just be the, the the first time we are seeing them for the first well, time the live crowd is. So let me get your let me get your thought on that. Um, I see I, I rubbed some people the wrong way when I said that people would be upset if Drew were to win. How do you think people would react if Drew McIntyre did win Money in the Bank? Do you think it, it would be mostly positive, or do you think there would be quite a few people upset about it? I mean, what do you think? I think at best it'd be a mixed reaction because, of course, Herman Takar pointing out Drew for sure was, if not the MVP during the pandemic era, at least one of the MVPs. He was the WWE champion. He was the guy. He was the you know the face of the company during a very very uh, challenging time. Needless to say, um, but we, we, as we were saying, there there I think there are plenty of people that that are. I don't want to say tired of them. That sounds harsh, but that that want someone else to get the opportunity and this someone match, that needs it. Yeah, you in this match, we're getting several comments, even just in, in this chat, about Biggie. Biggie should really win this. Biggie should get the opportunity. Biggie has not had that chance yet. Hermit Carr pitching for Biggie. Uh, I think Demetrius Duva said it a couple minutes ago as well. But uh, Biggie, I definitely view as someone that needs an opportunity that hasn't gotten it. Uh, even though we were just saying a couple minutes ago, I don't see Riddle or Ricochet, other guys, you know, on, on the raw side necessarily being in a position where I could see them winning. I mean, there's still this idea that McIntyre winning would take the opportunity away from someone else in that sense. And that's just the way it is. Whoever wins, like, that means someone else isn't. But in this case, I think that people might react to that more than being tired, more than being tired of McIntyre. So I don't, I don't necessarily think you'd get booed in the sense that we're not at John Cena, like 2013 levels of like people being so tired of them and like not wanting to see him win at all. Um, fair but at the same time, you know, I, I do think there, uh, there's probably at least a solid group of fans that you know feel some, something not too distant from that. And and Luke got to start, uh, on the kind of in line with what we're saying, or you know, in, in a similar vein, saying uh, Drew McIntyre or someone from SmackDown will probably win, whether it's Biggie. SmackDown does have more credible contenders, you've got uh, you've You've got Biggie. Obviously, it's me. I think he's one of the favorites. You've got Seth Rollins. It would be very believable. Uh, he's been out of the title scene for quite a while now. Uh, Kevin Owens could happen. You know, I, I, he he had a, a long feud with um, Roman Reigns earlier in the year, so not sure I'd want to see that. Uh, and also um, just, uh, King. King Nakamura. So I think any one of those like feels more probable or if, if not possible than the raw side other than drew uh we've got i think nash curse is uh, you're predicting uh drew drew mcintyre winning for the men's live morgan for the women's i mean two safe picks i think live morgan is definitely one of the more uh likely candidates in the women's match we can talk about that in a minute but uh drew is the very safe bet in that obviously he's a two-time champion now he's been the face of the company obviously they, they want to have him uh atop the card maybe they want to have him uh in the main event scene still with this uh return of live fans but um yeah i've got to think that the better play here at least for me as a fan i i would want to see biggie or or somebody else There's some, something new i say it pretty much every week i just want something different uh and mcintyre you know has been in the title scene for months now so that's where i come off on it uh, i don't think mcintyre will get booed like especially i don't think he's gonna get booed when he comes out to the ring if he wins 
I think <laughs> it, might, it might be. A, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't think he'll be booed during the entrances, but I think if he wins, it might rub people the wrong way. I just think that they're expecting a surprise win. Uh, I don't know if you would call Nakamura winning a surprise. I certainly would. I would. I would. Uh, but I think Drew would just be the obvious choice that just wouldn't sit well with people. Similarly, uh, like you said, we were going to start talking about the women's match. I think that um, if Asuka won, I don't think it would sit well just because she won last year and that she doesn't need to win. Drew doesn't need to win either. No, no. Asuka doesn't need to win. She had a, a long, albeit not great run with the title and then through no fault of her own. Obviously, as we uh, often quote Luke Gattasar, it's all about the booking you know, and <laughs> that's just the way that it went down. Um, Alexa Bliss makes sense. Michael Covenant saying uh, Bliss might win, depending on whoever gets that final spot. We do know that there is one final spot uh, remaining. Natalia got one of the final two spots today. Um, don't necessarily see her winning. You know, she could, but I'm not, not really seeing that, at least as a prediction basis. Uh, we've got many comments already tonight about, uh, as Craig Backlund saying here, uh, if we want, if we see Becky Lynch in the final spot, I, I don't see Becky Lynch being in that spot. I think if she comes back and Neskers champions right away saying that she does think Becky will get the final spot. I just, I don't see it. I mean, I think maybe Sasha Banks, if they want to go with that, Johnny's still shaking your head. Um, I, and Michael, Michael kind of agreeing about Sasha. I don't know. I feel like uh, Robert and I were talking about this on the SmackDown show. Like a surprise makes sense. If not, I don't know who. Another, other than uh, Hermit Carr predicting that it'll be Tony Storm. She and John. John's still shaking his head. John, what? What? What do you think? The the, the the last participant is going to be Sonya Deville. Um, I am. I am. Yes. Okay. Uh, even before the report, which I saw the report too, um, I, I really do think Sonya Deville is ready to return. She has an authority to just say, I'm the last one. And I could see her winning. I really could see her winning the match. Uh, we thought SmackDown was hurting for women, and they were until this week when they just brought three of them from NXT to now be on SmackDown and add Sonya into the mix. And suddenly SmackDown seems like the better women's division than Raw. In, in a division where once Sasha returns, you have over 10 women on the division. Bianca Belair has turned into the face of the division very clearly now that Bailey is going to be out for probably a year with an injury that she sustained. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we look at the SmackDown women's division, I don't have anybody in the top 20 at all besides Bianca Belair, who's number five. So, like, you know, I, I think it'll be Sonya, but of course, uh, tonight on Raw, we had a fatal four-way match, which I think these are always pointless. You bring four people that are going to be in a common match and just have them wrestle for what they call momentum, which, uh, okay. Um, it was between the four women and the, on the Raw side, Naomi, who has kind of had a rough week because of developments involving, you know, her husband, Jimmy, who had his fourth DUI last week. Uh, and I don't know why people feel the need to blame Naomi for it, but that's a whole different story. So she deactivated her Twitter, had a rough week, uh, came out tonight, faced Alexa Bliss and Nikki Ash, and who's the fourth one? Who am I missing? It was Oscar, right? Oscar, yeah, Oscar. Um, and Nikki Ash won. Uh, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe Bliss would win or even Oscar, but uh, you know, Nikki Ash won. People are finally getting used to the character. She's getting it over pretty well. She likes it. 
The name change was official. She's yes. no longer Nikki Cross. Yes. It is officially Nikki Ash now. The Ash is for A-S-H, almost, almost a superhero is what it's supposed to mean. Whatever. She's rolling with it. She likes it. Uh, but what did you think of the match and Nikki Ash getting the momentum? I think at least maybe you're not on the same page as me, but I was going to say I think we can agree that she probably won't win, especially because she won tonight, which is usually a giveaway. Right. Uh, but yes. what did you think about the women's match and the build-up to the Money in the Bank match on the Raw side? I mean, yeah, you could. I, I see what you're saying that it's pointless, but I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good way to kind of showcase the four women. Uh, we were just talking about the women's division over on SmackDown. This was a good way to kind of showcase the the women's division on Raw. You know, the non-title women's division, I should say. Uh, so I, I liked it. Um, as you said, a little surprising that Nikki won. I guess for me, especially, yeah, like you just said, because she won, I feel like she probably won't win. Whereas, kind of before this match, I thought she maybe had like an outside shot of winning where, you know, the, the underdog story, she's had momentum lately. She's got this new character. Um, Side you know. note, we're getting the exact same match this Friday with the four men instead of the four women. So there's a fatal four way men's match between yeah. the four participants. So, um, but the fact that the fact that Alexa bliss didn't win, I mean, maybe that is kind of a good thing like, because we mentioned that usually if you win this kind of match, you don't have the momentum. And they did refer many times tonight that, uh, Alexa Bliss could use her powers or whatever you want to call them to win this match. And I certainly think that might play a role in it, but you have to keep in mind that we're going to be back in a live environment with live fans and it's harder to pull this kind of stuff off when there's a live audience and you're not pre-recording segments. So we'll see what they can do with that. Yeah. What do you I, think? Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely are going to have less uh I fantasy we, things yes you know uh because otherwise it's the only real things they can do in a live setting or like pyro acting. yeah or pyro right i was gonna say like like the hypnosis kind of stuff that you like that's kind of hard to uh come across of, with a live crowd like this or turn the lights out <laughs> yeah so i don't know i think there, there's still possibilities there um maybe we'll see here kind of lean away from that more into like what we saw back in january where she was more in ring powers of like that she's it turns into this better or or stronger competitor you know maybe something like that um you know and, and yeah maybe there there are still things like hermit car pointing out the undertaker and kane use powers of life fans pyro whatever you want to say yeah there's still possibilities but, papa shango right you know the, we, we saw we see plenty of supernatural stuff all the time so i wouldn't necessarily write it off but maybe though we'll find maybe more of a middle ground it is worth pointing out that uh beyond cross uh nikki ash winning here uh even marie came out uh, during this match uh beforehand uh yeah, bliss had to do drop and even marie on her playground randomly <laughs> yeah, pretty randomly um sure and yes while i don't understand why it happened in the first place it did turn out to be important where bliss basically said oh i invited dewdrop you're just a fun bonus to eve marie eve marie took exception to that and came down to kind of distract toxic bliss uh bliss got in her face and screamed at her and then dewdrop beat bliss up and bliss disappeared so just like i was saying about uh mahal and mcintyre maybe marie slash dewdrop will interfere at money in the bank although DJKCA wondering if we'll see Dewdrop and Eve Marie implode in Money in the Bank. Well, based on this, I feel like now we're getting this. Uh, they're aligned. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 uh, you know uh, with the, what, what's the saying? An enemy of my enemies, uh, my friend. So like, yeah, know, they're that... coexisting now, which they haven't been before 
Uh, Dewdrop clearly is still annoyed the fact that Eva Marie basically like shames her on TV for being ugly or different or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I don't understand. I mean, eventually at some point with the live fans back now, she will turn on Eva Marie and Eva Marie will be this big monster heel. She's never going to get cheered ever. I mean, people want her fired like every week and she just got rehired like a couple months ago. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she's one of those superstars that is just easily disliked and doesn't have to try to be disliked. And I, I don't think they'll play a role in the show this Sunday at all. Uh, but if they if they did, I mean, that would lead into a feud with Alexa. Interestingly enough, as a side note with all of that, for the first time, as long as I can remember, we did not have anything with Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax tonight on the show at all. That's Maybe you're point. happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I. Th- it's one of those things. There are times where I get so used to seeing someone that then if one week they're not on, I just kind of don't notice. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's it's very ironic in that sense. Um, yeah, but no, no Jax, no Baszler, no Reginald. Uh, and now it seems like Bliss is uh, shifting her focus to Eve Marie for whatever reason. Uh, maybe, as we've been saying for months, uh, maybe that'll mean Baszler could uh, shift her focus back into a, being a more uh, legitimate, you know, tough competitor and less in these um, questionable things of Alexa Bliss, I'll say. Um so on, on the subject of the women's division, we uh, otherwise we got a match between Ray Ripley and uh, Natalia later in the show. Good match, you know. Natalia, one of the better veterans in there. Uh, you know, I mean, she's just, she anybody that's in there, you know, she can they up her game and she can make anybody look good. That's just the way she is. Uh, Ripley, someone that has been at times criticized on on her main roster run. I remember her first couple matches with Asuka, people didn't seem to really care for. Uh, so I think this was a good match for her, especially coming off of last week where she had a, a crutch fight. I think she needed something a little more uh, satisfying, I guess, you know, a, a little more, a little less bad, I guess, because that crutch fight was something else. So a, a nice match, a clean win, you know, nothing to like, complain about. Nesha saying Natty's the best lover. Yeah, Natalia's great. She's a woman tight champion. Ray Ripley wins. Charlotte attacks her after the match from behind. And for me, John, uh, the way they did this, you know, Charlotte, you know, hit a chop block and then she locked in the figure four and she was attacking her knee and she really wrenched it in and, and Ripley was screaming in pain. And I thought, hey, you know, it feels like they're doing this injury angle, you know, maybe because, again, I've said, I think I uh, just kind of across the board, really, uh, with this live show on Sunday uh, and just moving forward. You know, it almost feels like any any show with live fans now has the potential for title changes, like especially these first couple, especially this first pay-per-view back. I feel like, you know, whereas in the Thunderdome, you know, that was not a a factor. Now it's like, okay, the fans are back, especially the first show. WWE might say, hey, we want to, you know, get those shock, the shock reactions or or if it's a a babyface winning for the pop or the heel winning for the the heat. Uh, Obviously, we've talked about it every week. Ripley not really a heel or face, but losing the title to Charlotte Flair, you know, I think that would draw a reaction of, of some kind. Uh, so now with this injury angle, and Johnny and I, I think you may have predicted it before, you know, it, it, it's pretty easy to predict that maybe these two aren't even done after Sunday, that they could stretch it to money in the bank. How do you do that? Uh, Ripley loses the title on Sunday and, and stretches us to uh, SummerSlam with this injury angle being a pretty easy uh, way to do that. This is so interesting because even though I wouldn't say we've 
totally took taken a dump on this feud, but we clearly have said that it's confusing because we don't know who's supposed to be the good guy and who's supposed to be the bad guy. Right. Ironically, or ironically enough, I actually have uh, Rhea Ripley number two right now in, in the rankings and Charlotte Flair at number four. So I have both of these women in the top five as two of the best women in the company right now. And... Look, I get that the story hasn't been good, and it's mostly because we don't know who we're supposed to cheer and who we're supposed to boo. Now, regardless of that, and, and I do still believe that if we do get any title changes this weekend, it will be this one, which I do think will happen. I, I do think Charlotte will defeat Rhea Ripley, and I do think we'll get a rematch in some stipulation match at SummerSlam between these two to officially end the feud. We've already mentioned that Charlotte wants to get her numbers up. This would be 13. This this would be 13 championships, which I think is... She already has the most out of any woman of all time, I think, by oh, yeah. far. Yeah. <laughs> and she's clearly not even close to being finished yet. Uh, the injury update thing was interesting last week and then tonight kind of building off of that, which, you know, it's whatever they want to do. Uh, I just hope the match is good, and if they do continue this another month, they make the story a little bit more interesting because Sunday is like the big test here. Like this is like when those entrance music hits. Like, what's the reaction for each of these going to be? Part of me still thinks that Charlotte will be booed and Rhea will be kind of mostly cheered. That's just because that's what that's what people. I mean, at WrestleMania, that's what it was. That's what people yeah. were used to before. So maybe things develop or change over time. Uh, but if you had to, if you were given a hundred points right now with this match, I would say 60, 40 in favor of Charlotte. Where, where would you put it? I would say the same thing, uh, you know, because it's hard to say, you know, SummerSlam, Becky Lynch might come back or these other things. And, you know, if you, there are options with uh, Alexa Bliss and some other, you know, some other paths forward here. But it does feel like this makes the most sense, uh, at least for now. Um, and again, I just the, the, the injury angle was pretty telling where it's like that that WWE can be kind of heavy handed with that. Where it's like our right, injury angle, title change, rematch, you know, and that's how they do it. I hope, as you just said, I hope that they uh find something to to bridge that gap or the, not the gap to bridge that last month uh, for from july end of july uh, into SummerSlam. there um that's a little more interesting than what we've seen so far uh Nesha curse agreeing that she thinks charlotte's gonna win um and we're getting a, a bunch of woos in the comments there uh and, and maybe in, in support of charlotte flair uh DJ pointing out uh that there are two title or at least two tag title feuds one of them will be at money in the bank we we did learn that AJ Styles and Omos will defend the titles not next week as uh, on, on Raw as initially scheduled but at money in the bank on Sunday uh, against the Viking Raiders so tonight we saw uh, the, the the two teams in tag team matches this was Omos's first uh, singles match I I thought he looked all right didn't have an issue with it. I saw a bunch of people comparing him to the great Kali, which is not the best so comparison. No. Um, so, you know, I, I, I still, I, it's one of the things that I, like, I'll say I'm a riddle. It's, I don't find it like offensive or like, he's not bad. Like he's a big guy. He's not going to be like doing things Ricochet can do or anything like, and he's not like, 
I don't know. I, I think I think maybe he's getting a little bit too of a, too much of a, a knock. You know, people would be maybe too harsh on him. But regardless, almost defeated um, Eric and Ivar pinned AJ Styles. So I know a lot of people were very surprised about that, myself included. Ivar pinning a former WWE champion backstage before the match. Uh, I think it was in, in a promo. Uh, I guess on both sides, Ivar and Eric were doing that thing where like um they're kind of implying they're, they're cute and like all this kind of stuff the same stuff they did during the, their street profits feud aj styles was calling them barbarians and smelly and stinky or, or whatever uh fine uh but dj wondering if we think there's any chance for a title change on sunday again i think we talked about it last week and uh nothing here leads me to believe that the Viking Raiders will win on Sunday. I mean, as I, I will say, as, as I said a minute ago, uh, the, the, the heightened uh, potential for title changes is there, but um, I don't really see it. We, again, when you have a guy that's, that's as big as almost, I feel like you've got to really build, build up a team to, to win. Uh, if Randy Orton is back soon, I've got to imagine that still feels like the best play for SummerSlam having RK bro win there. Um, I don't know. I I, I would imagine you'd you'd probably you'd pro- I based on what we've talked about before, you'd probably agree at least the Viking Raiders won't win on Sunday, right, John? Uh, yeah, I absolutely think that this match will be won by AJ Styles and Omos, and I still believe that SummerSlam will see Orton and Riddle teaming up against them to dethrone them. Uh, I don't see Viking Raiders winning. I just. I mean, it's great they're back in the title picture. This match has been delayed for so long. I just don't think there's anything to it. I don't think there's any chance that we can see a switch just kind of on the spot like that. I agree. There's a case to be made for it. Uh, Nesha Kerr is saying that she thinks Viking Raiders will win. I can I can see it happening, just again, for that kind of shock upset kind of thing, but not i don't think it's likely at the very least uh and on the same token uh dj wondering about dana brooke and mandy rose uh potentially defeating tamina and natalia we, we don't have a, an, a like a, a date for that match it, it's just more the the direction where they're going with it they, they keep interacting and, and facing off and various things uh backstage tonight basically uh mandy rose was saying oh i don't like your odds in my the bank and i don't like your odds against ray ripley to natalia um and and Tamina said something like, "Oh, uh, she she said I love I don't love your odds." And Tamina was like, "Oh, I I love the thought of kicking your teeth down your throat or something." I'm like, "I didn't love this segment. I I don't know." Um, I as for uh, Mandy and Dana beating Natalia Tamina, on one hand, they don't have any other teams real. Okay, well, okay, we just saw Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox be on SmackDown, and they beat Natalia Tamina. Other than that, they don't really have. Uh, a lot of teams in the women's division on the main roster. So kind of like, kind of what we're saying about the Viking Raiders. I feel like the chance is there, but you still miss the way that they've been booked. I don't really see uh, Mandy and Dana as champions in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's where I come off on that. Uh, I'm not loving this feud. I'm glad like we're, we're getting something here. I've, I've said in, in the past about the, the, the women's tag titles. I'm glad we're getting something rather than the titles just being off TV or, or not utilized at all. Um, but this feud, it's not really doing it for me. Uh, maybe we'll I get, agree. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get a title match soon. And, and then I'd expect Natalia to me to win. And then maybe, you know, Shotzi and Tegan could, could win 
the titles sooner and later. I guess that, that'd be my prediction at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to approach this, but Mandy and Dana are not the answer. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Blunt, but well said. And uh, lastly here, I think the, one of the big, uh, the last big thing we haven't really talked about on the show, Seamus returned to in-ring action, kind of. Uh, he obviously still recovering from his facial surgery uh, with uh, the broken nose. He was wearing a, a pretty uh, you know, elaborate mask, to, a protective mask for the, for the nose injury. Uh, he's been feuding with Humberto Carrillo. Carrillo inadvertently broke his nose in a match, I think it was weeks ago now at this point. Yeah, uh, a month at least. And uh, Seamus, even before that, Seamus had not been defending the title anyway. He was doing non-title open challenges. He was beating Humberto. He was beating uh, Ricochet. Now he finally defended the title against Humberto, but he attacked Humberto backstage. And this was the definition of a squash match. He, he you know, beat pin him with, with a brogue kick. There was a brief interaction backstage with Damian Priest. Uh, Priest helped Carrillo kind of to, to his feet and protected him. Uh, and then when Seamus tried to attack Humberto after the match, Priest ran out of the ring, kind of setting the stage for a potential feud there, leading into DJ's question, do we see Damian Priest being in the title picture uh, over Sheamus? I think he means in the U.S. title scene. And yeah, this does seem to suggest Humberto could be out, uh, Priest could be in. John, I think we were saying months ago, like I think after the, the feud with um, Miz and Morrison ended in, like initially, like even right when that happened, it was like, oh, uh, put Priest in the suit of Sheamus, probably give him the title. Makes that makes sense. He's been positioned pretty well like that. Uh, I think, and Bri Priest has been dealing with injuries and stuff. Now he's back, so I think that makes sense. I saw one prediction saying maybe he could get a, a shock title win next week, even on the first Raw back with fans. That has not been announced yet, but could happen. Uh, but at the very least, I think that's probably in the cards sooner and later. And uh, Nestor would agree. But what 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 do you think that uh, Damian could get U.S. title run? Uh, I 100% think that he will and should. Uh, I think that he is the one that would make the most sense to dethrone Sheamus and have that reign. I just want them to have a nice feud and make it meaningful, which they certainly have so far. I think it's a great idea all around, and it was a good decision. If, um, if I had to pick anybody on the roster that I would, like we mentioned before, they should either not, not just be the one to dethrone him, but the one to challenge him. Right. A lot of people said that maybe either Drew McIntyre or Jinder Mahal should be. Well, now they got their own thing going. Damian Priest had nothing to do. It makes the most sense. Uh, the only other one I could have seen was was Jeff Hardy, which yeah. um, I, I was hoping that, you know, with the fans coming back, he's getting his new theme song back and everything. He needs something to do. I just hope they got something for him. But, I mean, Priest is up there in age too. I think he's almost forty, if not. Yeah, at least yeah. Thirty-nine or so. So, so that, I mean, yeah. he's he's no spring chicken. So, uh, his time on the main roster is not like Rhea Ripley. He's only twenty-four. So, uh, I'd like to see him do something, do something good. I think you know, age. I'll say you know. I think in WWE, we've seen many times age has been uh, a limiting factor in some ways, but. Uh, in other ways, age can be just a number. I think if Priest really takes off here with the, with this run, uh, a run like Batista could be in the cards, where Batista got started pretty late and still enjoyed a very successful career in that sense. So, um, but I think that these next couple months could be very uh, influential in his overall career in that sense, not to, not to put too much pressure on it, but you know, if it's like, it's kind of almost now or never, it's like they kind of need to get the ball rolling in that because 
yeah, he is he is not a spring chicken. So um uh, Brian Schoen, Brian Schoen saying that Priest is still a little green, but he has the ability to take his game to the next level, though he's not sure he's ready for the US title. I think he's ready. I think he's proven himself at least for the US title. Um, you know, for me, the not to crap on the US title, but you know, the, the bar isn't that high for guys you can give as like a an experimental run with the title. So I mean Bret Hart got a run with the title back in twenty ten. He was like Gosh, probably like sixty, you know, or however old he was back then. So I, I, I feel like that's that's fair. And Nesker's saying that he's probably ready too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's definitely could be in the cards. And lastly, here DJ, DJ asking, uh, what's next for Miz and Morrison? Presuming Morrison loses on Sunday, which I think he will. Um, I don't know. It's weird, but if if Miz wasn't hurt, I would say maybe they'd split up and feud. Uh, but with Miz being on the shelf. I don't know. We're still because obviously they're going all in with Johnny Drip Drip. So maybe they'll try and ride that out and keep up in the ante with that for the for the short term. Um, maybe if Morrison could. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say feud of Hardy to just give Jeff something to do, but uh, in the short term, I don't really know. I, I feel like he might be kind of uh, potentially lost in the shuffle after Money in the Bank. I don't want that to happen, but just you know, uh, I feel like that's possible you know because uh, sure. some of the other top baby faces are uh tied up in that sense so uh and uh, Nesh is asking what mrs hurt uh and when he's supposed to return i think he got hurt wrestling a backlash and the d- uh, diagnosis was at least a partially torn acl so that's probably a couple months you know but even even from now you know even with even with a a, a fast recovery i think we'll be on the shelf for a while so um I feel like we can't bank on him to be back in the ring sooner or later. So uh, that would that would be my thought that he'll probably be on the shelf for the for the short term future. So Morrison, hopefully, we'll have something to do. But if not, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll we'll see what he'll do at Money in the Bank on Sunday. John, you're going to be there in Pert. Well, actually, before we get there, rewind. John, what would you rate the show? Uh, this this final raw for the Thunderdome. Uh, the sending us sending us out here uh, into the. This new era for WWE. Seven. The seven. Why not higher? Yep. Why not lower? Uh, I thought that it was good build of the pay per view, a good way to kind of send out the Thunderdome, and at the same time, kind of develop your storylines a little more, and just kind of try to start steering the ship in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, for me, um. Uh, I'd go for like a six point nine, you know, seven for me. Seven's like seven's the you know kind of the the average for like a decent show. Yep. And this one felt just short enough for me. Uh, although I, I will say a lot of that six point nine is lifted up by Lashley versus uh, Woods was very good. Uh, Ricochet Morrison was very good, and then the 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 ending angle with Lashley saying enough of the BS. I like that a lot. So. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I feel like a six point six point nine is fair. There's some things I didn't really care for. Uh, Nesha Curse with an, with an eight. Uh, Michael Count with a six point five. Michael Covington with an eight as well. Maybe I'm being too harsh. It was, it was not a bad show by any means. So uh, for the end of the Thunderdome Pandera, uh, but um, yeah, you know, that, not a bad show at all. You know, it's can't complain with it. Uh, Kevin Taylor with a seven point three. So uh, seven point five from Warrior Rock. You know. Um, I might be being too harsh, but, um, yeah. you know, but overall, the Thunderdome era is over. 
and that is a very good thing. You know, we we thank the Fathom Dome for its services. We wish it. Though I can't say we wish the best of luck in his future endeavors because we don't want that in future endeavors. We want it to be over. We don't want any more Thunderdome. Uh, we want the the normal wrestling world that we'll be seeing this weekend. As I was about to say, John, you'll be at Money in the Bank on Sunday. Here are boots on the ground. You're going to be there live and in person, enjoying the show, enjoying what should be a very fun crowd. So uh, hopefully with, with that, you know, on Sunday of Money in the Bank, we're going to have SmackDown live on Friday with the fans. Monday we'll have uh, the the as I said, the beginning of the show, the first live crowd uh, for Raw since being in the pandemic. It feels like forever. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a very weird. Uh, adjustment period but you know i'm looking forward to it i'm sure you are as well i'm sure everyone is i mean yes nesh curse is saying that she'll miss the thunderdome i'm gonna miss it in the sense it's just gonna be such a weird adjustment um because it's just i've gotten so used to this way <laughs> even even watching AEW, even ring of honor had fans back over the weekend uh for best in the world last night um on sunday night so even with that, yeah. even, even, even seeing the live fans, just my my association for a WWE show, it's like I've gotten so used to this. Uh, it's gonna be crazy. It's, so. it's gonna be fun. Um, just on Sunday, just uh, keep uh, your eyes on the WrestleZone Twitter feed, and of course, mine down here, John R. Clark Twelve. I will be on site uh, pretty early in the day. Uh, I'll be walking around, talking to some of the fans, getting their thoughts on finally being back seeing who the fans think is going to win money in the bank and we're going to compile all that and i'll have a couple videos and pictures online there and of course as soon as the gates open i'll be inside and i will try to get a picture of what the set looks like uh they we we assume it'll be a a, a unique set design Uh, i'll have that also up on there so i'll have plenty of content and uh information as i see it on twitter both via wrestlezone and my twitter account as well and that Everything you just said, that would not be possible without this return to normalcy. So for that, we definitely are thankful. Uh, that would be the WWE will be back on the road. The fans will be back at the shows. John, you'll be able to do all the things you just said, which is very, very uh, helpful. And, 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 and it's just great to have someone right there and in person. Uh, me, I'll be on the comfort in the comfort of my home. Uh, watching covering the show from i'll be the one sending the info to him to post it on there for you guys to see (laughs) yes exactly so uh with that you know john uh i won't be doing the post show on sunday because we'll be uh in in at the show in person but obviously we'll talk about the show anyone we'll get somebody to fill in yeah but well yeah we'll be we'll have plenty coverage for the show uh and beyond that john you and i will be back here tonight on tuesday night for nxt art the post show i lost power last week i lost power i think five times last week i lost power during the smackdown stream john i lost power during the stream my lights went out uh which was not a fun time i thought i was gonna lose power tonight thankfully i'm knocking on wood i've not lost power so i made it through i'm very glad about that uh and thankfully i am moving out this week and moving out of the woods so it should not be a problem anymore which is a very good thing Good to get out of the woods, uh, literally out of the woods. Um, so yes, uh, and with that, otherwise the 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 Dynamite dudes, dudes attitude cover AEW. They also do WCW written uh, for fun fan booking stuff. Robert Robert D. Felice and I cover uh, Friday Night SmackDown. It'll be on Saturday this week, and also uh, a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. I've got one in the works. I'm very much looking forward to. I'm not going to spoil it, but. Uh, it's in the works so we'll keep an eye out on our all of our all of our platforms uh soundcloud spotify youtube our podcast whatever it may be 
we've got you covered so leave a like and subscribe and uh a brief brief thought on this question from dj yes i do think we'll see the ratings possibly go up next week uh at least as a, as a maybe a little bump right the first show is back with fans uh I, I imagine some people will tune in because I know that a big criticism throughout the pandemic was people saying, oh, it's not the same without fans. Well, now fans are back. So you've got, I, I don't want to say you've got no reason not to watch, but you've definitely got one less reason not to watch. So uh, at least in the short term, I do think that we might see some ratings increase, uh, you know, again, for on SmackDown, maybe next next Monday on Raw. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the weeks and months ahead. But in the, in the short term, John, you're going to be at Money in the Bank and you're going to be doing the one thing we <laughs> do above all others here at WrestleZone. Can you tell me what that is? Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.